Welcome to the OT Potential Podcast, where each week we review one influential OT-related journal article. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Sarah Lyon, OTRL, and I'm so excited that you are taking time from your busy OT life to join us today. I'm sitting here in beautiful Aurora, Nebraska, and honestly, I am quite sore because I started some CrossFit style workouts this week. So if you are listening to this and are able, please send ice to our office in Aurora, Nebraska. We've had a big week here at OT Potential because we released our 2019 Occupational Therapy Salary Guide. This is a piece of content that I've been wanting to create for years. Uh, It's always really bothered me how scattered all the data is about OT salary. There's actually quite a bit of data out there, but it really varies quite a bit from site to site. And um, this guide kind of takes all those resources and puts it together into one place. So hopefully it feels more coherent and manageable for you. And most importantly, I hope that after looking at this salary guide, that you can feel really empowered and confident in your salary negotiations. So let's dive into this week's article. I'm hoping that this article will be really helpful for those of you who work in the ICU or have cognitive therapy as one of your interests. The article comes to us from the Journal of Intensive Care Medicine, which has an impact factor of 15. If you remember, impact factor is a measure for how influential a journal is. And it means that in a given year, an article in this journal will be cited roughly 15 times by another journal article. So it gives you a sense of how the research in this article is impacting other research. 15 is a pretty significant impact factor score, and it's definitely one of the most influential journals that we've looked at in the past couple weeks. So the title of the particular article that we'll be looking at is this. Feasibility and Safety of Early Combined Cognitive and Physical Therapy for Critically Ill Medical and Surgical Patients, colon, the Activity and Cognitive Therapy in ICU Trial. For those of you in the OT Potential Club, this will be our article of the week for May 13th through 19th. And as always, the person with the most liked comment at the end of the week will receive $100. Like I said, this article comes to us from Intensive Care Medicine. It was published in 2014, and on our list of the 50 most influential OT-related articles, this article is ranked 10th. So we all know that cognitive impairment is common in the ICU and can be really debilitating for the patients that experience it. You also probably know that early mobility has been shown to be beneficial for ICU patients. And so one of the questions that this article seeks to explore is whether early cognitive therapy could also be beneficial for these ICU patients when it's combined with physical rehabilitation. The goal of this article was to establish whether a cognitive therapy program is feasible and safe for ICU patients. It didn't seek to explore whether this program actually works. Uh, So basically, the sequence that's happened here is there was another article that published the full protocol and had seen some promising findings about its use in an ICU. Then this article looks explicitly at whether the protocol is safe and feasible to be carried out in other settings. 
And then hypothetically, after this, there would be more studies done to see whether this protocol actually works in different settings for ICU patients. So the good news is that the study found that the cognitive therapy protocol is in fact feasible and safe. Unfortunately, the outcome measures that they did track did not show any functional benefits for the cognitive therapy. There is a big caveat there in that the number of patients included in the trial was probably too small to really get a sense of the effect of the cognitive therapy, but overall it probably would have been good to see uh, at least some promising data that it was having an impact. So despite this good news, bad news scenario that we have ourselves in in this article, I think that there's still a lot for OTs to glean that are um, interested in cognitive therapy. So let's dive into the details of the study. 87 patients participated in this study. They were all 18 years or older. Uh, they were all in the ICU and had undergone one or more of the following, respiratory failure or septic, cardiogenic, or hemorrhagic shock. The patients had not been critically ill for more than 72 hours when they were enrolled in the study because they really wanted to focus on the early cognitive therapy aspects of the study. And the patients were divided into three groups, a usual care group, an early physical therapy group, and an early cognitive therapy plus physical therapy group. So for that early cognitive therapy plus physical therapy group, the patients received once daily physical therapy as well as cognitive therapy two times per day. This cognitive therapy began within 24 hours of inclusion in the study. And per the protocol, research nurses and physicians delivered the cognitive therapy sessions. Cognitive tasks were designed to address orientation, memory, attention, delayed memory, problem solving, and processing speed. And the cognitive exercises included orientation exercises, digit span forward, matrix puzzles, real world exercises, pattern recognition, digit span reverse, noun list recall, paragraph recall, and letter number sequences. Once the patients were discharged home from the ICU, those patients who still had lingering cognitive deficits continued cognitive therapy for six sessions over a 12-week period using goal management training. There is a complete breakdown of this protocol in the article, A Combined Early Cognitive and Physical Rehabilitation Program for People Who Are Critically Ill, colon, the activity and cognitive therapy in the intensive care unit trial, which is found in the Journal of Physical Therapy. And honestly, I feel like this previous article is where a lot of the uh, good and helpful details will be for therapists who are interested in building a cognitive therapy program such as this one. In the OT Potential Club, we'll go into the assessments that were used in this study. A lot of them will be familiar to you. We'll also talk about ways you could document the findings of this study if you are providing functional cognition training in the ICU. But for now, let's dive into the key takeaways from this article. This week, all of my key takeaways are my own. Sometimes I derive them directly from the discussion, uh, but these are my personal opinions, so please take them as such, and I would love to discuss them with you 
in the comments of the OT Potential Club if you have any thoughts, um, or as always, feel free to message me via my website, otpotential.com. So my first key takeaway is that functional cognition is an important consideration for OTs who are working in the ICU, and the earlier you can address it, probably the better. Research nurses and physicians were used in this study to deliver the cognitive therapy treatment, uh, but it's my personal opinion that occupational therapists are probably the best poised to be addressing functional cognition for these ICU patients, both because of our training in looking at cognition from a holistic lens and thinking about how it intersects with function for these patients, but also because I feel like Addressing these areas of cognition is something that could fit really well into the treatment sessions that we are already delivering, and there's already kind of a structure for doing that uh, within the ICU. This protocol really gives a great starting point for anyone who's looking to incorporate cognitive interventions into their ICU care. I also want to mention that the GMT, the goal management training, also seems worth exploring for NEOTs who are seeking to address cognition in the outpatient setting. My second big takeaway from this article is that the exact details of what type of cognitive therapy should be delivered, when it should be delivered, and by whom still kind of seems like a wild west. From what I can tell, this protocol has not progressed onto the stage of efficacy testing. If I'm wrong about that, please let me know, but I couldn't find any follow-up studies to this study. And because the outcomes that they measured weren't super promising, it seems like there's still space for really establishing what is the best treatment for uh, helping these patients who have cognitive impairments in the ICU. I personally think this seems like a great opportunity for OTs due to our training in cognition and, again, just how we look at it holistically. And my last takeaway is really just a personal gripe. I was really annoyed by the use of the word physical therapy in this article because they definitely used it to refer to physical rehabilitation. The protocol that this feasibility trial was based on tactfully refers to physical rehabilitation the whole time and then breaks that down into physical therapy and occupational therapy. Whereas for some reason, this article used the word physical therapy to refer to both disciplines, which kind of hurt my pride, but also I thought it made the article confusing to read because 95% of the time they just referred to it as physical therapy, but every now and then they would allude to the fact that occupational therapy was also included. So just a word choice gripe. And even though this is an influential journal that we're finding this article in, I would definitely label that as a mistake in my book. Okay, I hope you found this article review helpful. I think that there's a lot more to discuss in this article and rabbit trails to go down related to it. So I'm looking forward to discussing some of the aspects of it further with those of you in the OT Potential Club. If you're not familiar, the OT Potential Club is an online journal club where each week I do an article review of an influential OT-related article and include not only the review but information on assessments and documentation and takeaways for practice. I really want to make the review as actionable for you as possible. 
And then the club also includes a forum where we discuss how things are actually playing out in your practice and what ways we could apply the research to practice and what the barriers are to doing so. It costs $25 per year to join, and I hope that you will consider joining us in the club. If joining the club isn't your thing, that is totally fine. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you'll consider subscribing and possibly even leaving a review of this podcast. Giving a review helps other OTs find this content. Okay, that is all that I have for you today. Thank you so much for joining and give great care this week.